I've had like two sips of a white claw and I feel I think I don't know if it's like adrenaline, but I feel like whoa. Dude, honestly, like I'll I'll be honest, I don't even have anything that I like want to start shooting the shit with. I am so excited to talk about this episode, and yeah. then I also, if you're open to it, I I I am interested to discuss the the Colton of it all. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I forgot about that. God, this is this is gonna be a long guy. We'll we'll save Colton for after the Survivor episode, but I quickly want to say before I forget. I was just <laughs> scrolling in my feed before uh, popping on, and I saw that Pilot Pete is just announced he's writing a children's book. And I just want to go literally on record and say that if anyone buys that book for me and my child, I will assume that you hate me. Oh my god! What if can I buy you uh, Parvati's Om the Otter? Will you accept that? I would absolutely love that. I just wouldn't want anything from. <laughs> fucking pete the pilot oh my god well yes yeah, so we have a lot to cover i do really want to talk about colton which if you're not familiar with the bachelor franchise we'll explain once we get there but i i was kind of numb to it earlier this week and then i i went on a long drive today and i i was processing so i'm excited to talk about it with you but before we get into anything at all let's introduce ourselves Welcome to Idle Chatter. I'm Lara. And I'm Ashley. We are a Survivor fan podcast, but we also, as 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 I mentioned, like we, we tend to get into The Bachelor. We tend to get into Real Housewives. We're really interested in, you know, reality TV, obviously as entertainment, but also how it relates to our society in a broader way, the human psychology. <laughs> like oh, yeah. we... we we get we get on some real tangents. Last week, I think there was especially a couple of a couple of doozies. But um, this this week's episode is a good one. We're currently recapping this season: Kagayan, Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. No, that's not right, is it? Brain Bronze be- Beauty, Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty. That's that's the order I think it is. Triple B. Uh, it's it's <laughs> not confused with triple G guys grocery game or triple D diners drive-ins and dives. What? What if you did something else? I wonder what what the alliteration would be. But we'll, we'll come back. I I would love you know what though. I feel like I I was gonna say I would love if we did one of our like feminist rants or like why this matters for society rants about one of Guy Fieri's shows. But I feel like. I feel like back in the day we have about how like he's done a lot of good and gets such a bad rep. Oh my god. I feel like the rep though is like he's corny more than anything else. Like he's just yeah. like you know maybe his his shirts and his like bleach blonde spiky hair or something. But yeah he's just like an amazing person. Like I mean not to go on a tangent but I mean hello we are idle chatter after all. But I was watching an episode of uh, Triple G recently with my mom as we like to do and because of the pandemic they're not recording in the like the grocery store setup they're you know most of the times it's the chefs cooking in their own kitchen on like a zoom that's the only kind of zoom meeting i'm interested in attending besides this one where we're recording on on a video call yeah. but otherwise that's the only kind of uh, a video call i'm interested in on triple g but Guy Fieri, I guess, I'm sure people get COVID tested before they go. Some of the contestants will go to Guy's house and cook there. So it's, you know, I I just really love how reality TV is just adapting to the pandemic and still keeping it interesting. But 
this one episode, Guy Guy has the most amazing outdoor kitchen. Like he has his like stacked indoor kitchen, but then he has this gorgeous outdoor kitchen. Like he lives in California. It's beautiful. Like, man, I would just, I would, I would, I'm, I'm not that much of a, a chef, but I would like to cook there. But the, so what he did was he was like, okay, you get the kitchen, you get the outdoor kitchen and you get, and it was like this, not an RV. I can't remember what he called it. And I was like, why does he have this giant mobile kitchen? It's to feed fucking first responders like during wildfires. Like he bought that so he could do that. Like brings a tear to my eye. He's like such a good person. I love it. Yeah. I, I I appreciate. Uh, I know. I think I was I was probably in that guy fairy hater camp where I thought he was cheesy. And you know what? I pride myself on being able to change my mind. And yeah. I heard I heard the guy gospel that you and our friend Amy preach. And I I get La- it. Lauren's I get a- it. Lauren sends me um, Guy Fieri memes like very regularly because <laughs> she just knows my guy thing is very recent. I, I like how it's a thing now. It's only been the past maybe two or three years. I remember I think I, I think I was hungover and I was wallowing and I was watching something on demand in my basement and the on demand show ended. And I guess someone had had the Food Network on pri- prior and guys grocery games was on i was like oh i've heard of this show i feel like maybe i saw a little bit of it and i was hooked i was like binge watching it and i was just like oh i love this man oh guys where, where, where where were we we had not even scratched the surface yet like i said this is season 28 it's on hulu it's on netflix if you want to jump in there's still time but the episode at hand that we're here to talk about, it's episode six. It's called Head of the Snake. And I'm going to start out with a quick piece of trivia. There's a, you know, I mean, there's obviously a lot of websites, podcasts, et cetera, out there that talk about Survivor. Um, this one particular site, Survivor Oz, in 2015, they voted this episode the greatest Survivor episode of all time. In, in their poll so it was like other people voted for it wow well okay i will say it's funny because you know i don't i don't really remember like i remember some you know moments because i mm-hmm. you know obviously we've seen the season before but like going into a certain episode like i don't always remember you know what's going to happen and it's funny because like when in the beginning when i was first watching it i was just like oh yeah yeah Cass, okay whatever and you texted me and you were like oh this episode's pissing me off and i was like yeah, not interested. And then it just turned and it was a roller coaster. All of a sudden, off to the races, Jeff Probst, uh, he, he's gone on record saying that this is one of his, spoiler alert, <laughs> favorite blindsides of all time. So there is, a, there is a lot to get into here. It's also, you know what, I'm curious actually, like how long we will even need to talk about this because a lot of it is conversation and strategy you know i feel like some, the, the sometimes like the, the things that take us the 10 15 minutes to talk through is when you have a fucking challenge with 20 components of stairs a maze a puzzle uh this who and cares this, this week we have one really straightforward simple yes. challenge i was so relieved i was like i can put my phone down and just write first round you know this person fell second round this person like i was like so relieved and they, they made it so easy for me at the end because they're just dropping like flies we'll get there yeah we we sure will so just to to catch everybody up if you're tuning in for the first time uh we have we have a mix of people who were category categorized into brain versus brawn versus beauty 
which is uh, kind of fucking questionable. It's not something we're hugely a fan of, but that is what it is. They were recently swapped that there were two tribes, a mix of both. And last episode, there's this one particular duo. If you've been watching, you know, uh, the Sarah and Tony, they, they, they're both police officers and they called their tribe cops are us. And you know, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about why that's problematic, how this episode is, you know, potentially, if not definitely triggering to a lot of people, not this episode, but this season, because of that theme. However, last episode, we started to see this fracture between them because Sarah was on this opposite tribe. And she could kind of tell that Tony and his new tribe, like they were, they They're were pretty vibing. tight. They're vibing. So the tribe that Sarah was on, Apari, they sent this girl Alexis home last time and nothing to really get into there. But the, the, this tribe, Apari, they are now six, whereas the other tribe is five. They are feeling really strong because, you know, we can all do math. Six is greater than five. And also because of the, the last challenge, they yelled, the other tribe yelled top five. Yeah. Even though there were five of them, seven on the other tribe at the time, they had to go to tribal and, and vote someone off. But Sarah in that moment was like, wait, well, I guess I'm not with Tony anymore. So at this point, they're like, okay, there are five. Well, we'll show you a six. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a mocking, a mocking uh, top six. And so we, so we pick up basically after the tribal, which was, you know, pretty, pretty boring. And it start the conversation starts off at night, but it really continues well into the next day because they're talking about, okay, we're probably going to merge. And if we do that, we need to say strong six. So let's decide now, who do we want to get rid of? And they're talking about getting rid of Trish or Jeffra. And here's the thing. Before Sarah says a word, I'm like, why? Did that make sense to you? Um... Okay, I guess maybe the first vote isn't that important, but I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Maybe they they just wanted to get rid of someone that they didn't have to worry. Like an, an easy vote. Don't rock the boat too much. I think towards the end of the episode, where they're still they're still going back and forth, one of them explains it as let's increase the gap a little bit more let's have it get six to four and then start going after the big guns however if you are a fan of survivor i feel like you know that the longer you leave the big dog so to speak in there the harder it becomes they're gonna find their footing somehow i don't know there's just a lot of things that can go wrong and go wrong they do yeah so <laughs> the next morning we see, and, but although, okay, so they have this conversation after tribal and everything, you know, treasure, Jeffra, we don't really get a sense that anything's wrong just yet. But the very next morning, Sarah and Cass go for a walk and they're chatting. And this is where things really start to splinter because they're, they're talking about how great this is going to be. And Cass says, you know, I'm, I'm only really concerned about you or Jeremiah flipping. And this immediately upsets Sarah. And she's like, well, don't imply that I'm a liar. That, that offends me. And I, I like that she is, you know, saying they're, they're both speaking directly to each other. She's like, that offends me. And Cass says, I don't mean to offend you. Well, it's still offensive. Um, you know, Sarah's like, if, if you don't, you know, the thing that breaks us isn't going to be somebody flipping. It's going to be somebody not trusting somebody else and then yeah. pushing that person 
aka her away and they, they kind of shake hands and then Cass sums this up in an interview where she goes just because you voted with us once doesn't mean you're loyal you haven't proven anything show me the blood on your hands from a former tribe mate and then we'll talk and I think this is probably where I texted you and said this is already like it's already yeah. well. like I'm sorry Cass is so incredibly unlikable in an episode and by no means do I need a woman to be likable but she's so smug and I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna be like hitting on this again well you know what though I like her in the sense that she's great tv yeah she she okay. I, she has great TV because sometimes I am like firmly with her, and then sometimes I hate her. Like, but in this, in this instance, I'm like, how do you not see that you're totally playing this wrong? You are spooking Sarah. Yeah, no, that someone makes- that you need. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you, you know, rocking the boat? Everyone in the sick should just get along. It's complicated. Before we see any more of it, we go over to the Solana tribe. It's day 17 and we got Sweet Woo giving everybody coconuts. Aww. And I, oh my God, I, 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 I love Woo so, so much. There's a better moment for me to, to get into the, re- the many reasons why, but he's giving everybody coconuts. And, you know, Tony says that he's having the time of his life, but at the same time, it's kind of boring because nobody's scrambling or spying, which is what he likes to do. Yeah. And because he did say, like, on his other tribe, he, you know, he wasn't really like clicking with them, but he's, you know, having fun with this new tribe. But yeah, mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. boring. They get their tree mail and it says, pack up your essential items and head to the Apari camp. We got the merge. And LJ says it's six against five. So thank God I have my immunity idol. Tony says basically the same thing, but he, LJ definitely is viewing his idol. He hasn't told a single, neither of them told anybody, but LJ in his head, it seems like is thinking of it very much as an advantage that he has. Whereas Tony says, you know, the idol is kind of like an extra tribe mate. If anybody needs this, I'm going to use it for them. Yeah. That's a noble thing. Mm-hmm. So then on the other tribe, we're going to go right back. Pari reads their tree mail and it's like, clean up your shit. People are coming over. <laughs> and it, this is, I, I don't really know why they kept this in, but there is the language was like, they might be here for a while, which obviously was just referring to like, depending on how long everybody stays in the game. But Spencer was like skeptical about if it was actually going to be a merge or not. Yeah, like, oh, well, we're all going to be on the same beach. Like, I'm I'm thinking it's a merge. And it's like, it's a fucking merge. But then also they were joking. They're like, well, one of them's only going to be here for three days. And then the oh. next one's going to be there for six days. Like, we're a solid six and we're going to bang, 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 target all of them. We see their boat approaching. And I did make a note that this looks like a sick boat. Like, this boat looked relaxing. Wait, want to know what note I made when the boat was approaching? Tasha, okay, I have my closed captions on. And I just think this was like such, it's like fucked up. It's like an oversight. And like, it, it could be an oversight, but it also could just be like someone really lazy and whatever. I have my captions on, and Tasha's like, guys, I think something's happening. And it says Jatia. <gasps> oh, that's bad. They attribute it, which is weird though, because I feel like the other ones don't say Tony, like, and then his words, Cass, and then her words. Literally, I feel like maybe they did not like, 
take out whatever i don't know how closed captions work i don't know if they outsource this i don't know if they if they have someone like working at fucking hulu doing it i don't know but it said jatia and i was like oh just fucked up like learn people's names don't maybe jatia was there and we don't know yeah i'm obviously kidding that's fucked uh, you know, somebody somebody says they better have food in that boat. <laughs> Sarah Sarah describes it as it's like that friend you had in high school who you haven't talked to in years. I think we all got a couple of those. Yeah, and it's funny as the boat um, pulls up and they're jumping off. I I, I think it might have been Sarah. Like I miss that voice, Trish. Like oh my god, Trish Trish's a uh, very unique and notable voice. Mm-hmm. So we start seeing the merge feast appear. We got a basket of wine, a basket of bread. I, I I spotted a few other things that I'll get to in a second, but just, you know, a couple very quick th- mentions. Jeffra's bummed that Alexis is gone. Who cares? Morgan reads the note that confirms, yes, the tribe has merged, even though we definitely knew that. Enjoy the feast. You earned it. Idols are still in play. And by the way, there is a special idol with special powers hidden somewhere near camp. And Tony is so excited. They get some sick new buffs. They're black. They're cute. Yeah. Tony says, let's call our tribe Solari. And Spencer is like, let's discuss it over eating. And I, this is like a really weird little power moment where I just like, Spencer, I don't know. Like Spencer has the weirdest. Uh, how, what are the words I'm looking for? Like I don't. It was just like a really weird thing to like opine or to be like, oh, not so fast. We'll discuss the name over food. See, I think he meant more like, let's eat and then talk about it. I don't care. Right. I took it. I took it to be like, you know. Yeah, we can find we can pick a new name, but like I'm starving, especially because my rice went missing on like day three or day six. And so I wanted let's just eat first and then deal with this. That's how I took it. Okay, that's a fair point. I'll I'll chill on that for now. To the point of the feast. Here's some of the things I spotted. I, you know, if if I'm on an island and I get to the merge feast which- and they have snack factory pretzel crisp. <gasps> Oh my fucking god! Yes, first of all, but here's here's where I was going with that. I want to approach a prepared spread. I want to sit down at a picnic that somebody has beautifully arranged for me. I don't like that they had to put it all together themselves, but yeah, whatever. At this point, you're so hungry, you probably don't care. But yeah, the first thing I notice is a bowl of straight pretzel crisps, which is I have we seen something like a pretzel crisp before at a merchant. Like, okay, you know, many cultures have bread, like breads all around the world. But like, literally, it looks like you went to your local grocery store and bought pretzel crisps. It was very weird. It's it's weird that I noticed it. I will say the charcuterie looked pretty good. I saw that. Oh, my God. Because I, dude... I, the past couple years of my life, I discovered a love for hard salami Mm. and I had never really like ate it before, but then I got to the point where it was like my go-to snack, if you will. Like I would just eat it just a few slices at a time. So you Uh, do like lunch meats. You just don't like like turkey and ham, like those kind of lunch meats. You like, um, what would you call them? 
Well, here's the thing, Ashley. It's it's like I like the little. So I'm holding up my hand. You guys can't see yeah. it. I like the little salami, the ones that we saw on Survivor. I don't like a big piece of salami. It's, it, look, it doesn't make any sense. You know what's something that's really delicious, and I just like implore you to try it if you like salami. A bagel of your choice, cream cheese, and like thinly sliced salami. Matt will have that sometimes. Cut it in half bagel sandwich. It's delicious. Also, Lebanon bologna. Okay. Either you know, I, I prefer the sweet, but then there's also regular. Like, I don't I don't really know what Lebanon bologna is, to be honest, but it looks like it looks like salami. But it that on a bagel with cream cheese is delicious. I had a bagel with cream cheese for lunch. Um, I had a craving for a bagel last Sunday and it went away. But I, in the back of my head, I was like, you know, one day this week, I'm going to get bagels. And it was the most weird specific craving. I never eat this kind of bagel. I don't know if I've ever ordered this particular kind of bagel in my life. I've definitely eaten one if there's like a bag of bagels and that's like the most appealing looking one. If there's like no everything or something. I got a sesame bagel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I always am like, I'm like an egg bagel or an everything bagel or like maybe like an Asiago mm-hmm. type of gal. But I got a sesame bagel with regular cream cheese. I also normally do like veggie or scallion, but it was so good. Nice. I also spotted a jar of pesto. Mm. What appeared to be pesto. Wait, it, look, it looks like a pretty good lunch. Pretty good lunch. Uh, So... Uh, real real quick, I'll I'll note that I guess there is like a deleted scene in an interview or whatever where Tony was like, it was really hard for me to enjoy the food because I was just looking for clues the whole time. They didn't yeah. really show us that, but you know, obviously that was happening. Makes sense. So this is where we start getting really into it. Tony says, you know, the only hope I have is Sarah, you know, but if she doesn't flip, I'm done. We get a quick glimpse the next day that they they ended up naming the tribe Solarion. Yeah, yeah. I like Solar. I like Solari better. Yeah, it's, Solarion sounds like a like a Star Trek spaceship. It, it sounds galactic. It does. Not beachy. So we open up on Trish leading a yoga session. Pilates, I'd say. Isn't she a Pilates instructor? Oh yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, well, because I was like, oh, they're doing yoga. And then I was like, wait, I think Trish is a Pilates instructor. They're probably doing Pilates. Well, in a deleted scene posted on CBS.com, they show Trish uh, doing Pilates, showing doing Pilates, so can confirm. And in a confessional, Sarah is talking about... You know, she goes, you know, the viewers think it's stupid when people practice on practice yoga and stuff on Survivor. But once experiencing it, it made sense to me. Uh, She added that she was feeling comfortable and relaxed, but her guard was not down about the game. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I feel like it's just like very chaotic. You probably like physically just feel very tired. So it might be nice to just like stretch after like sleeping on bamboo and like try to calm your mind. Mm hmm. So we got the Solana boys talking. It's Tony, LJ, and Wu. And they're like, all right, well, who do you think is the head of the snake? There is our episode title, you guys. And LJ says, you know, I think it's the entire brain tribe. But we we got to get Sarah back on our side. So Tony and Sarah talk. Before this, though, do you notice there is some animal in, animal imagery? There's like a caterpillar like slinking along and then like 
a lizard like you know like creeping up a tree or something and they play this like slinky music because tony is about to be a real fucking slinky yeah a slinky snake honestly sounds so much like an auctioneer when he is trying to convince somebody of something like okay so tony and sarah talk and, and tony is like we got to get back together we have trish 100 and sarah's like eh, okay okay and you know, tony says you know my goal is to is to make her believe that i want to sit with her for the final two and tony right there and then is like all right sarah swear on your badge swear on your badge and he's in his mind he's like all right well it worked once but sarah sarah's like i don't know that i can do that tony like let's let it play out some more uh and poor sarah like she's just she's too honest you know what i mean like she won't swear on her badge unless she truly means it yeah i i know she probably should have just went with it i think that would have been better better for i I don't know though because if she did then maybe it could have come out and bit her in the ass who knows but She's feeling very, very good about the position. It's it's funny, though, also, too, you know, when Tony's convincing her, he's like, okay, Spencer or Lindsay? I, I mean, Cass. <laughs> Lindsay was like one of your original tribe mates. Like, how soon you forget it's Cass. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Sarah's feeling very cocky. She's like, I'm in the best spot. It's a Sarah sandwich. It's perfect. Whichever side I go, I'm sitting pretty. I will decide the fate of this game. I never expected to be the decision maker. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So it's a lot of hubris. It's I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried about. I'm worried about her. Uh, I mean, I'm not because I don't. <laughs> I don't have a strong allegiance to her. Yeah. But uh, all right. So the the next conversation we're gonna get. Like I said, this is like a very conversation heavy episode. So Sarah and and oh, this is funny. It's Sarah, Jeremiah, and Cass talking, but wouldn't you know, Ashley, in my notes, I wrote LJ. Oh my God. <laughs> because as we know, L. Jeremiah is one entity. Yes. But in this actual conversation, Sarah and Jeremiah and Cass are talking and she tells them, okay, so I, I think like LJ might have an idol. So if he doesn't win, we should send him home. Wait, no. She LJ doesn't, doesn't have an idol. She doesn't think he has the idol. In her she opinion, she doesn't think anyone has an idol. Like, we'll get there. But she's like, no, this person doesn't have an idol. It's so weird. And then the, this is where Jeremiah is like, no, I think he does have the idol. Because if I don't have it and Morgan doesn't have it, like, somebody fucking has it. Yeah, yeah Cass, and, I think Cass says someone, someone from Beauty has the idol. This is also weird if we, if we go back to our interview with Bryce where he talked about how there's there's footage like he's like this happened where i saw lj get the idol and i told everyone yeah it's 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 a weird it's weird knowing that kind of stuff and then seeing the edit like i'm sure i it's i guess like jeremiah probably either he wasn't wasn't pushing hard enough or whatever i don't know anyway sarah is convinced that there's no way lj has the idol and Jeremiah is like, I think he does. So let's go for Jeffra. And Sarah says it needs to be somebody strong like Wu or LJ. And Cass and Jeremiah keep gunning for Jeffra or Trish. And Sarah is like, no, that's so fatal. Like, what about Tony? And this is like, this is where it gets so... We keep getting like asides from Sarah too, mid-conversation, like her to us. It's idiotic to pick a fight with me. You know, little things she's like, you know, saying that I'm kind of like okay like yes like they do need you but you don't run the entire show 
She's like, don't test me. And then we get a little interview with Cass, who's like, I don't trust the cop. <laughs> uh, she says, you know, I, I think that Sarah not wanting to vote for somebody is questionable. She's basically like thinking that the, the fact that like Sarah doesn't want to vote for a particular person is like yeah. her still having allegiance to that tribe, which to be fair, that's not what's happening. She's just making a truly like misinformed decision. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote this. I, I kind of wrote this one down. She said, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. I don't trust the cop. And I'm like, hey, yeah. Cass, you might be onto something. Right. <laughs> um, when someone in an alleged alliance of, of six says, I'm only voting for these people and I absolutely will not vote for this person, that lets me know she's not in the six. She's in the one. Yeah. And Sarah tells Cass, I don't want to be bullied. Fine. But then this is where I think like, she really starts getting into the deep end right up until now i think i could excuse oh, like all right, yeah you're what, there's one thing we didn't say that i feel like is notable that i wrote down at the time she when she's saying it's not going to be trish she then at that point throws tony's name in for the first time yeah i was like kind of i mean okay i've seen this before but i was actually i was like i was like wait like you know tony's the other person you might be working with why are you throwing his name out so i was like whoa and she elaborates on it a little bit, a little bit later, but th this is where <laughs> the, the thing that I don't like here is she's, she says, this is, this is where I think she truly digs her own grave because she says to them, you know, well, Tony told me that if I side with them, I get to pick. Yeah. So what are you going to do for me? And, you know, I appreciate Jeremiah. He, he goes, let's just talk about this tomorrow. Like he tries to put a pin on it in it a pin in it yeah. but then Cass is like well I don't like being accused of being a bully I don't know here's the thing this was hard for me because I think Sarah's being annoyed I think Cass is being annoyed they're like they're both too much for me in this instance they are both being annoying but I feel like Sarah's being more annoying with her kind of like diva behavior like okay well even though like I it's basically like what happened to the six you did agree to that six and you you know you're telling Cass I'm not a liar and then now all of a sudden, just because you don't get your way, you're going to jump ship? I, I don't, it's, it's like Sarah's being a brat, but I think Cass is being a bully. Okay. So let me, let me talk through this next part. Cause this is where like, I take, this is where I take issue. Well, First, we just see Tony and LJ fish, whatever, throwaway scene. Well, is this before, is this before Cass speaks or is this the conversation that happens? Are you going to the conversation? It, yeah, if I may. I just want to say, well, before though, Cass says, when you come to me and say, if I go with them and they'll let me choose and you come to us and, and, and say like, you need to let me choose. In my view, no one in this game can have that much power. Who made her queen? And then she says, mm -hmm. I can't even look at her. I want to punch her sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of get where she's coming from, though, because it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a threat. It's like, if you don't let me have my way, I'm abandoning this tribe of six. What 100%. Ultimatum. Well, okay, I want to, yes, I, I, look, I'm, I don't like either of them at this point, but here's, here's why I like Cass less, and it's, I, I gotta talk through this next scene. So, Sarah tells Tosh that she is tired of people only talking to her because they want her vote, and then Cass is like, well, I'll stop talking to you, and this isn't the part that I want to talk about, by the way, but anyway, but Trish sees all this go down, and she's observing it, and she's like, okay, so they're not as tight as we thought. 
that will come back around later on. Yeah, Trish, Trish goes, I woke up in the morning and it was like, where? <laughs> Tasha and Sarah and Cass talk alone and Tasha's like, all right, what happened? I really think that I got to give some kudos to Tasha in this instance for like trying to patch things up, trying to be a mediator. And she asks what happened. And Sarah says, well, look, I think that Trish is a bad decision. Tasha's like, I see both sides. You know, my main concern isn't who we go with, but that we need to stick together. And, you know, Sarah says, Tony or Wu. And, you know, yeah, Tasha's kind of trying to appease everybody. She's like, yeah, that makes sense. But then this is where Cass is like, why is Tasha pandering to the bully? And Sarah says something like, you know, Cass is attacking me. And this is something that I hate is they're both attacking. They're both coming at each other. And Cass, this is going to be very hard to describe it, but Cass does this thing that I hate. And I think I probably, maybe the reason I hate it is I think this is the approach I take when I'm arguing is I'm very, very calm. But like, I'm still a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Cass says something to her, like, uh, she tries, she's like, how can I possibly be bullying you right now? And like implying, like, how can I possibly be being a bully if I'm not raising my voice? And it's like, no, like you can still be a bully. A little gaslighty, if you will. It's, I, I, like, I just don't. Like what, do you, like, what do you mean I'm bullying? Like, you know, Cass like maybe kind of does have intentions to fuck with her, but then she's like, what do you, what do you mean? No, you'll, you're, you're, you're yeah. imagining it. The reason that I think if Cass bothers me more in this argument than Sarah is because Sarah is like so blatantly being a brat, right? Like it's very, very obvious. Whereas Cass is a little bit more smug. It's a little bit more like, Like she, I I feel like she just kind of comes off as a know-it-all where Sarah's more of just like in a spoiled position. I guess. I think, see, I I think maybe the spoiled brat thing annoys me more because I think Cass is just like, like, like literally she says, who made you queen? You know, why do you, I I don't know. But then later in the episode, she's like, I usurped her throne. I'm the queen now. I mean, they're two, they're two sides of the same coin. I don't think Cass really wants to be the queen in the way where she's going to threaten people and throw a fit. Like, if you don't do this, Cass will do it in a different way. She'll just change her own actions. She won't. I don't think she isn't intimidating people. Like, she might intimidate and be like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'll do this. But I don't know the way it's not bratty. I think it's just like, all right, that's fine. I'm I'm just doing what I want. They're like two different things. Oh my god! Wow, we have like totally different reads on this. We we need to get like Team Cass and Team Sarah shirts. Although to be fair, I'm saying I'm on neither team. I don't so it, it's you know you know why I don't. It's the smugness for me, and you know as we've been reviewing this entire season, I've said it about Spencer. I don't think that Tasha is at all smug, but it's like something that I feel like sets me off is because. I consider myself a smart person, but I'm certainly no genius. And I make a lot of, I want to say guafs. <laughs> Is guaf the right word? Like I'll pronounce things wrong. I won't be able to like put the right name on something. I will use a word in the wrong context or definition. And I feel like that, you know, the, 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 the traditionally smart people, like I hate people like, oh, did you mean to say this? And it's like, shut the fuck up. You obviously know what I meant. Yeah. I don't know. I get very triggered by people who, and this, I, I think I don't want to get into like a psychology, like therapy session, but I think I clearly have like some insecurities about like knowing that I'm smart, but 
feeling like I'm stupid because I'm in a room with people who are like very overtly intelligent. Is this making sense at all? You know, I will say I'm, I was always pretty book smart, but I am lazy. So I really, I didn't read, I didn't study that much. So I feel like I don't know that many things, but I have a memory. Like I will remember stuff. And I feel like I kind of have a handle on the English language sometimes. But also too, when we're recording the podcast, I'm always saying, Oh, it's like, 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 but this, you know, if I, if I'm writing a paper, I can, I can write some beautiful prose, you know, it's not like that, but I, I will say like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like I don't, I don't really hang out with anyone that often. That's, that's like, that's smart. That's not, not that it's smarter than me. I feel like I don't hang out with any like pretentious douchebags like that. I guess if I encounter one though, I- I'm definitely rolling my eyes, not getting. That's the perfect word. It's pretentious. Cass and Spencer are very, very, very pretentious, and it just gets under my skin because I just, I, I love people who are so smart, but are low key about it. And then when they start talking about something or it comes out, you're like, holy shit, you're so fucking cool. You are so smart, but you don't make me feel inferior by your the pretentiousness of your intelligence. Well, it's crazy. Like, you know, De- Devin, our, our friend Devin is like ridiculously smart. Perfect example. She, she's like, she's a, she's a doctor of physical therapy, which like some would be like, oh, well, she's the physical therapist. She, I'm like, no, she has a fucking doctorate, but she's, she, she I, I'm pretty sure that when we were graduating from Rutgers, even though she was like majoring in science stuff, she was like getting letters. She was like getting offers from places like come here for grad school. Like you'll get like, she's like super, super smart. But if you hang out with her, you would just not, you would have no idea. It's not like she like acts dumb in any way, but you don't know how like ridiculously smart she is. Right. She, and it's not that she's like, it's just like, she would never make somebody feel inferior for not being at her level of academia. No, I remember one time I will say, I don't think she would care about me telling this story. It's just really funny. She, she, I don't, I don't think she did not belittle this person, but she's just, I, okay. She had a breaking point with a guy she had been dating years and years ago because I guess he swallowed a drink and like sputtered and coughed and and he and he was like it it went down the wrong pipe and she was like oh yeah like you know you aspirated it and he was like well no it went down the wrong pipe and she was like well th- that means you've inhaled it and said you know it went like in your trachea not your not your esophagus you you aspirated it instead of swallowing it and he was like no it went and she was like okay well if you're saying you didn't swallow it and it didn't go in your windpipe or it wasn't in your trachea. Where did it go? And it was just like the breaking point for her in her head. Like he's not, I, I, I it just cracks me up, but like, she's not, she doesn't belittle yeah. him to his face. Yeah. It. Sorry. Right. Just a funny story about her being smart and her brain, not being able to comprehend someone like not getting it. No, that is really funny. But I, I think that's why, like, to I don't know. I, it's much more easy for me to no pun intended, swallow <laughs> and uh, forgive Sarah being a bit of a brat for her, her trying to steamroll the situation, the the power position she is in going to her head, than it is to see like Cass be super smug and pretentious. See, I, I don't me, know why. It's just, you know what? I think that I don't think that I'm ever a person, though, to give ultimatums. I mean, I have I have major issues with boundaries too. Let, let's just preface preface that I, I really have a hard time setting boundaries. I, I actually bought a book recently about boundaries. 
Wait, I ha- I screenshotted a book about boundaries that I want to read. What's, What's it called? It called? I can't remember the name off the top of my head. <laughs> it, it, it's the one. It's the one. It's like a newer one. Yes. People have been sharing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, because I should have a little book club about it. Wait, did you know I actually like planned on reading it? And when I give you your present I have for you, I was going to put it in the basket so you could oh, read thanks. it. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, you, you need to set some boundaries too. <laughs> <laughs> um, But... I guess my point is, I guess I am just, I really hate ultimatums because I just don't think that I threaten people or use them. So I think for me, since I don't have an allegiance to Sarah at this point, like as a viewer, I'm not invested in her. I'm just like, you know what? If you're going to act like that, I want to see you get yours. That's that's where yeah, that that's the book I can see. See the picture on your phone. The book we're talking about, guys, it's called set boundaries find peace a guide to reclaiming yourself by uh nedra glover tawab it's t-a-w-w-a-b okay apologies for for mispronunciation yeah um yeah i i it's god i'm so awful at setting boundaries yeah so So i i and i saw someone read it and i saw someone recommend it. i saw it on instagram and i was like I'm going to check this out. So I did order it. I, I I actually just got it maybe a couple of days ago, but I was thinking that you might enjoy it. So I was thinking about after I'm done passing it on to you. So unless you want to, unless you want to buy it. Buy it I'm, it's it depends. I don't know how, I haven't been reading much lately. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll save this for the end. Let's, all right. We've argued about these two women long enough. Let's get back on track. Oh yeah. Um, Where were we, got we? A, we got a challenge to get to. Okay. The name of this challenge is called the Bermuda Triangle. In the past, it's been referred to as sea legs. Do you know what this reminds me of? So basically what it is, by the way, it's individual immunity. Our first one, we got a real pretty looking necklace. And it's the one with this little triangle thing in the water where you have to balance on these triangular platforms uh, with your feet perched on narrow footholds. And then at regular intervals, you're going to move up further and further until you're standing on the very tippy top of it, kind of like a balance beam. Last person standing wins. Nice and straightforward. Do you know what these always remind me of for some reason? Well, not for some reasons, because the shape. I think we talked about this. This was on Winners at War, this challenge, right? Yeah, it reminds me of Snoopy's dog. No, sorry, deja vu. Yes, we, we had this conversation like... I definitely thought it was like a thought I was having for the first time. No, I, I, I'm, I'm nearly positive because I was about to be like, yeah, you know, we say the Snoopy's doghouse. Like, well, I'm nothing if not consistent. Yeah. So a couple of other rules. No other part of your body can touch the structure besides your feet. Each round is going to be 15 minutes. And, you know, the, I, I will say the water looks relatively calm today. So the first 15 minutes are uh, a breeze and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff says, think of this as a warm up round. I always can kind of feel like when it's really easy that like you, you can probably picture like Jeff and the producers just being like, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone get a fan. Uh, so we get to the next foothold and I will say though, it is, it's perfect timing to have this challenge that they need to spend virtually no time on. Cause there's so many good conversations in this episode. They, they didn't have to leave some of those out. If mm-hmm. we'd wasted time being like, Oh, this person fell. Oh, this yeah. person's wobbling. Nope. Yeah. Very straightforward. One thing to note, Wu has toe sneaker shoes on. Mm. 
Advantage? Discuss. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever saw those. I was like in college in class and I, I I think I texted so I was like oh my god this guy's wearing shoes and I can see the it's like shaped the outline of your toes what the fuck I it's a real a real move to wear a pair of shoes like that I have to think that they gave everybody the choice to wear shoes yeah and we was the only one who chose them I'm yeah I'm assuming did it pay off let's find out we we get through the next round still with everybody and the final round is you have to stand on the very top of the snoopy house and it's kind of like balance beam everyone's having a hard time so much as getting into place the round starts spencer immediately drops cash drops lj drops sarah drops jeffra drops truly one after the other yeah. tasha's down jeremiah's down we we get down to three we got tony morgan and woo and then morgan drops and it's it's really windy at this point I feel like I looked down at my phone for a second and I looked up and it was literally like Tony and Wu. And I was like, what, what the fuck did I just miss? Because the wind, I think, came. We got a great Jeff moment here, in my opinion, because Jeff goes, you guys need to focus. No distractions. And I'm like, you are literally distracting them, <laughs> oh Jeff. Uh, anyway, Tony falls in the water screaming, good luck, Woo. <laughs> Woo does. He kind of jumps off. It's like he's like jumping off and like pointing and he's like, good luck. Yeah. I'm like falling to the side. And then Woo does a backflip into the water and screams, yeah. And he's, he's so happy. He, I love him so much. I, I've started referring to myself as a Wooian. Uh, do you, do you get that reference? Mm. Well, Doctor Doctor Who fans call themselves Whovians. Oh, yeah, I've like heard of Doctor Who. I feel like there's like, if I, well, I don't even, I, I, I don't even know what I'm gonna say. I, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but uh, I, I do know that that's what they call themselves. Oh, okay, a Whovian. I, I like it. I'm a Whovian for life. I, he has such a pure joy that if, if a certain person had won and acted this way I would have been like what a cocky asshole but when woo does it I'm just like he's so happy yeah he's stoked I love it uh before we get back to the beach we got a little bat b-roll action just some, some crazy bat footage <laughs> you know uh I, I make a quick note what is Sarah drinking when they get back to the beach we later learn it's rum Oh. I, didn't, I didn't know that was in the merge basket, but all right. Imagine how fucked up you would be if you have barely eaten for set. Like, I feel like if I don't eat a substantial dinner and I drink hard liquor, it's like blackout city sometimes. Dude, I'm so curious what it's going to be like to drink alcohol after I have this baby. Yeah. Like, imagine not drinking for 10 months. Like... That's crazy. And, and you're not like a huge drinker anyway. So it's like, yeah, one might just send you over the edge. I can't wait to yeah, a nice margarita. What's your first drink going to be a margarita? I want a margarita is the thing that I'm craving the most, but it's going to be the most difficult to get. And I don't want something that is made in my own kitchen. I want to yeah. go sit down somewhere and order a picture of them. So I think that's probably just logistically going to take a while. We got a really nice bottle of champagne before I was pregnant and we were waiting on a special occasion to drink it. And then that special occasion didn't arrive. So I have a feeling it's going to be a champagne. Nice. 
Yeah. Champagne problems. <laughs> it's a problem because we can't drink champagne right, right now because right. you're pregnant. Um, okay. Sarah says, there are two solid fives and then there's me. And she points out, you know what? Tony's five has the stronger player. So I think I'd rather go with the weak side. And she goes, I get to decide who goes home next. I'm the president now. I I missed this. Wow. I just, yeah. I, I keep being taken aback by like her cockiness. And like, and I will say, sometimes I'm like, am I judging her because she's a woman? Am I like internalizing like misogyny? But like, no, like I think if any single person was like this cocky about their position, I would be like, are you, are you so sure? Are you, are you sure, bro? It reminds me a lot of, uh, and just because we recently watched this season and it's fresh in my mind, it reminds me a little bit of like John Meesh when he was like, me and Jacqueline are calling all the shots. Yeah. Uh, really loving their journey on Instagram right now, by the oh way. My God. Love them. Yeah. John just graduated from dental school. Oh, congrats. So, okay. They're all kind of the, the, the other, the six. They're circled up in the water and... Spencer says Jeffra is the smartest to vote out. You know, he, he Sarah Sarah obviously disagrees, and she's like, I don't think. And this is where you were kind of alluding to this earlier. Sarah is insisting. She is like, none of them have an idol. We can get rid of Jeffra anytime. She's not strategic enough to play the game. Uh, we should go with Tony or LJ. Yeah, and she's like, Tony's very smart. He observes what's going on around him. And it's just funny, yeah, because Spencer's like, I don't think Jeffra has an idol, and I also don't think anyone would play one for her. Like, it's like a nice, safe, easy boat. Which, he has a point. Yeah. I think what happened is, like, the power just went to Sarah's head because, you know, we were obviously arguing about this earlier, and I, was, I wasn't I was defending Sarah. I was just saying that Cass annoyed me more. But I think this is, like, Sarah, it, it, throughout the episode, she, like, levels up and up in terms of, like, how delusional she's become and it's like the power at this point has gone to her head where she is making these very certain and not an accusation but very very certain assumptions when she says she's absolutely positive no one has an idol how yeah how do you like oh yeah you think everyone's gonna tell you every time they take a shit like (laughs) (laughs) sorry that analogy just came out of me um I, you know what, though? I'm just taking a step back and I'm like, it's not even playing the de- devil's advocate. It's just a thought that came to me. But I guess really, though, Sarah, imagine if she didn't try to leverage this. I mean, well, it, it pro- you know, you, you, we could imagine that. But I think maybe in her head, it's like, imagine if she just was submissive and just went along with everyone. Maybe this was her chance to build a resume, make a move, call the shots. And she was just trying to seize that. I don't know. We'll never know. So meanwhile, all this is going on. The other tribe is watching us. They're like, look at Sarah calling all the shots. And Tony is like, no, 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 guys, don't worry. I can persuade her. And Trish is like, I don't know, man. You sure about that? Like, you know, maybe we got to try something else. She says, I think that I could approach Cass. And Tony's like, no, no, no. Let me talk to Sarah again. I'll do it. Okay. So we see a last little bit of the conversation where Sarah says, I can guarantee Tony does not have an idol. So they're like, all right, cool. We'll vote for Tony. This is where she goes. And then she goes, I'm going to go drink some more rum. So that's how I found that out. Oh, I, okay. I missed that. 
At this point, LJ approaches Sarah, Cass, and Spencer and is like, can I do anything to save myself? And uh, we get, this is like a lot of kind of disconnected moments because then we get a little interview where Cass says, Sarah is going to destroy this game. And if anyone is going to destroy this game, I want it to be me. Like that quote was a little confusing, but that's, was that the sentiment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's that, you know, Sarah thinks that she's going to turn everything upside down by her decision. And Cass is kind of like, I feel like she's just fed up with Sarah because right before this, she says, the original agreement was to vote out Jeffra or Trish, and then we will meddle with the big boys who might have an idol. But Sarah says it's got to be Tony. Sarah thinks she's running the show here. Does anybody see this? Am I the only one? And basically, yeah, I know she's going to destroy the game. And if she's going to destroy it, I'm I'm going to, you know, destroy it first. So I kind of get, though, see, the thing about Sarah that is annoying, it's not that she's going against what Cass wants. It's like the collective, what, it's what the collective yeah, you're right. tribe wants. And I think that's why it's so annoying because it's not like Cass is, and yes, I know Cass, like, I don't think she's bullying her. Like, I know she's like pushing back on her. And I know Cass is being a little annoying and, you know, I, I totally agree with that, but it's not like Cass is like, Sarah's disagreeing with me. It's like, we as a tribe, not a tribe, we as an alliance have all decided this is the move we want to make. And she's threatening us. That's fair. That's a really good point. Yeah. Now we get into I'm like, so- I'm like, yeah, it is. Thank you. Uh, do, by the way, does does this song, Sarah Said by uh, Death Cat for Cutie, keep getting in your head because it keeps getting in mine? I'm not like a, a Death Cab. Oh, really? Yeah. That surprised me. I was me. never like a Death Cab person. I think that I tried like when I was watching The O.C. because Seth Cohen was a big fan. Mm. Well, never really like didn't didn't appeal to me that much. It was like. It was just like too much for me, I think. Yeah, you needed your emo with some edge, like a My Chemical Romance. Yeah, I, I was yeah, I was more the My Chemical Romance vibe. Well, we get into the Sarah and Tony talk now. And Tony Can I just tall- say how much I really tried to love the Garden State soundtrack? Like I definitely had it and like listened to it, but I was like definitely being a poser. I'm sure I, there's some good songs. I liked the postal service. I like uh the only living boy in New York. The Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah. But. Yeah. There's. It's. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Ta- I'm just like, I keep fighting back the urge to have tangents because I, I love Garden State, but I fucking hate Scrubs. And Scrubs is one of Matt's favorite shows. Oh. And it's like his office, his Parks and Rec. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he, he loves it. And I hate it so much. And I'm like, I don't know how the same person could be so heavily involved in both of those things. Yeah, no, that, that is a good point. I don't know how I feel about Scrubs. I feel like I, I what? And then are wait, are these people still together? How weird? Do we ever talk about how weird it was that that Zach Braff and Florence Pugh Pew from Little Women are like dating? I haven't heard about them breaking up. That's weird. I'm sorry. If I'm in my early 20s, dating a 40-something-year-old creeps me out. Oh, my God. It's the strangest combination I've ever heard of. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think they still are together. Uh, Yeah, she, this is in 2019. She was 23. He was 44. So. I just feel like one time in my, like, mid-20s, like, I, like, ended up with 
a thirty something year old at at their house, and I felt weird. I was like, "Oh, you're like an adult. I'm a child." Like I felt like creepy, and like I feel like I, I feel like the person was maybe nine years older than me, which isn't like an outrageous age difference, but I felt weird about it. But I mean, I'm not judging anyone. Like everyone, you know, everyone's free to do them. But me personally, like right now, a twenty year, like a twenty something year age difference, like. It's like someone in their 50s. Like, and I I don't know. It just reminds me of my dad. <laughs> well, I think I think that's what it is for some people. Um, Not everyone has a gym. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, there's exceptions to every rule. And maybe Florence and Zach are that exception. But generally, as a rule, I have more questions about it than I do answers. Yeah. So, wow. How do we get here? Garden State, Death Cab. Sarah says, what did Sarah say to Tony? All right. So Tony and Sarah talk and he, she is, she's like, I don't want to join your five and be on the bottom. And he's like, no, 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 you wouldn't be on the bottom. You would be above Jeffra, above LJ, above Wu. First of all, excuse me. Um, and you know, meanwhile, Sarah's like, I know stupid. And, uh, she says, she's telling us that she's just not buying it. And she's like, look, getting rid of Tony is not for anything personal. It's a compliment. Like, and Tony is selling her so hard that he's like an auctioneer. And, you know, Sarah eventually is just like, let me digest it. I'll decide at tribal council. One thing she says, too, in that same aside where she's like, it's like a compliment. She she likens Tony to herself and is like, you know, yeah. I would want me gone. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. One of these things is not like the other. They're they're really they're really not similar at all. Tony and Sarah. Yeah, no. at least not at least not yet. Uh, okay. So, uh, all right. Tony goes back to his group and he's like, she's not, she's not coming. Uh, or he says that to us and he's like, I don't want to go home with the idol. All right. This is a really interesting moment. This is where Trish and Cass talk. And like, you, I got to give it up. Trish plays this so well. I am super impressed with Trish because She's the one too in that conversation with LJ and Tony by like the like the river water. Yeah, yeah. Like she's like, well, hey, she was like, well, hold on, you know, I I don't know about Sarah, but you know, I I'm kind of close with Cass. Like I could talk to her. Tony's like, no, Cass will just BS you. And and Trish is like, okay, well, you talk to Sarah, and then we'll see. And like the way Trish plays this, I would believe Trish if I was if I was Cass and I'm butting heads with Sarah. And Trish brings me this opportunity. I feel like Trish just seems like someone you can trust. And I would totally well, she She's smart about it because she makes the observation that there is a fracture that morning. And then she lets it simmer throughout the day. And she chooses the exact right moment. She plays it very cool. Uh, she so she basically says, like, Cass, would you want to join us? And uh, yeah, Cass is like, let's take Sarah out. Trish says that she's down. I love that Cass he goes, yeah, trip, Trish slipped me a Mickey, which I'm like, um, I don't know that we should be like. I feel like it's more subtle than that, though. Like, I don't think Cass is like, it doesn't, it's, I don't think it's like, ma- it's like they made an agreement. I Right, it was Cass like, does would you, up. she is, does say, would you want to join us? And she does, and then Trish is like, well, if, you know, who would you want out? Mm-hmm, and Cass mm-hmm. is like Sarah and then but I think we kind of leave it though with Cass being like I don't think there's time to accord right. well, yeah, Trish, Trish was like, like yeah no I can do it I can make it happen so we don't really know though mm-hmm. 
Uh, Trish goes back to LJ and Tony and she's like, guys, we are good. Cass is on our side. They decide on Sarah. And at this point, this is when I, I mentioned this earlier, Cass goes, I have usurped Sarah's throne. And once again, chaos Cass will show up at tribal. I'm, I'm ready for it. This is at this point, it still doesn't dawn on me that this is an iconic tribal. I'm still yeah. like, kind of, you know, I'm going through the motions. I'm listening to like all the regurgitation of stuff we've already heard. Uh, you know, I liked how Cass is like, yeah, I'd be concerned if I was a strong male at this point. Jeff asks LJ about idols and LJ says, you know, I think maybe there's a joke going on. Like maybe there aren't any. And Tony says, yes, there are. I have one and I'm going to use it for my tribe. And I love Spencer's like, pull it out, pull it out. And and Tony, Tony's just like fucking with him at this point too. He's like, oh, well, why? Like why? And he's like, to prove that you have one. Oh, well, why? Why? Oh, Okay. I love how, like, yes, Tony is undeniably a very strategic player. I don't know that there's that much strategy in this, except for that he's bored and wants to fuck with people. Like, there's no strategy in being like, I have one. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it riles people up. I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe, I don't know. I think that going into this, I forgot. I didn't give Tony enough credit, I feel like, when I we started watching this. Like every week, I'm like, wow, wow. He's also, dude, we skipped over. He said something really funny um, earlier. Um, it, it just in the regurgitating, you know, bullshit back and forth part of tribal, we don't really pay much attention to. He was saying something about, you know, groups move forward, you know, with an alliance of comfort, not not numbers. You need that comfort. And he says, I know I'm 40 and bald and old, but I still got a little fire in me. Oh my God. I did. I missed that. Totally. That's great. That's great. When Tony pulls out this idol, like Spencer and Tasha's faces and Tony says, this is a community idol. I'm going to use it. So then Tasha and Spencer are like, we're voting for the other one. That's what is said. And then they vote. And then Tony asks Jeff to validate the idol. Jeff is like, yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I liked that too. Because no one is ever like, can you validate this? They're yeah. just like, here's the idol, Jeff. They're like, this uh, podium is a is an idol. This floor de lis is going to save my game. Uh, so then this was where I did not remember this at all. I was truly surprised. Tony plays it for LJ because he's like, I'm pretty sure he is the other one they're referring to. And then LJ pulls out his idol and he's like, I'm going to cover Tony's ass. I'm going to play this for Tony. Well, it's crazy though, because when Tony does it for LJ, Spencer and Tasha look smug. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 They were like, we got him. But then when LJ does the same thing and is like, I'm going to cover Tony's ass. And I feel like Tony's like my brother. They like, you know, handshake like, oh yeah. It's kind of cute. Yeah. yeah. I'm feeling like the team camaraderie. I I like it. I like it. But then the other, the other um, Alliance looks scared. So I'm like, oh shit. Like it's LJ. It's LJ. And then, you know, I guess, should we read the votes? Yes. Let's read them the votes i have some like narration so just take a pause after we read the names okay sure jeffra lj tasha and spencer's faces here are like oh my god but why are tasha and spencer if they're not if they're on the other alliance voting for jeffra 
They, I think they were like a little bit smug. Like they were just like, oh. ha ha, see? Okay, and Elder's like, oh shit. Okay, then Sarah. Jeffra. Sarah. Jeffra. Sarah. We're tied. We're tied. <laughs> Jeffra. Sarah. Tied again. <laughs> How many are we at? Four or five tied? Do I have one more Jeffra, Sarah, or is that it? Yeah, you got one more. Okay, Jeffra, Sarah. <laughs> we are tied again, and there's one vote left. Sarah. Chaos casts. Once again, Spencer and Tasha's faces are just, I mean, the expressions. I think Tony says bang, bang. Oh, I miss that. I'm pretty sure he's like bang, bang. It could be like a target, but I'm like, oh, gun violence. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Sarah goes who flipped and everyone's kind of just like Cass. Yeah, not not me, not me. I hate Cass's smug expression here. I obviously have to say that. Jeffrey goes, Cass, thank you. And I'm like, well, Jeffrey, honestly, no offense. It wasn't really about you, but okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Spencer goes, Cass, zero chance of winning this game. Which it was just like, all right, Spe-. like this is the thing. I, I hate Cass in this moment, but I also hate Spencer in this moment. They're just so smug. I will say. I appreciate Cass in this moment because I didn't want I was on Tony's side like I was on the side of the former Solana tribe Tony's alliance that's who I was rooting for and it's so funny because it can change so much in this game because I really like can be such a Spencer fan too at times Me too. I love Spencer. But at this time though I I was like I want Tony's I like an underdog and they had five they had six and I felt like I appreciate what Trish did. I appreciate what Tony did. I, I'm just on the side of that alliance at this point. And I just, I feel like Cass just like lit a match, you know, coolly like threw it on the gasoline and walked away like coolly and calmly. And I was like, I, I dig it. Here's our final words from Jeff. And these are truly some of his best. He goes, yeah. this was a shocking vote. My prediction is, this is going to be a wild finish. Like, no fucking... Sh- it's just like, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be predictable. I feel like I was listening and I thought he was like, I predicted this would be a crazy vote. And I'm like, oh, did you, Jeff? I like, I think I misheard it. I have a couple pieces of trivia to close this out. And then I have something that I kind of want to read. Okay, so here are here are a couple pieces of trivia. Uh this is the only tribal council at which two hidden immunity idols are played and neither of them negate a single vote. Hmm. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. And then I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but in a in a recent interview, Jeff Probst said that this was his fifth favorite blindside of all time. Wow. Um, I, I actually, I want to go like look up what the other ones are. I'm curious. So this was this was something that, you know, sometimes I, I like to try and read about how people were reacting to this episode when it aired, just to give me some context of like the time. So I was reading the uh, avclub.com review of this, and I don't – I'll just read a little paragraph. I'll, I'll, I'll say it pretty quickly. Um, but they're talking about like the Sarah's power position and, you know, where she goes wrong and says, um, Sarah doesn't learn the lesson and maybe doesn't even realize there's a lesson there to learn. And that's why she ends up getting voted out when she ostensibly, ost- ostensibly, 
ostensibly has the power to control the entire game. As soon as the merge happens, Sarah realizes she's the swing vote between the two merging five man alliances with her ties to former Braum players who are coming over from Solana. Instead of calmly hearing out both sides and making a decision on what she wants to do, though, Sarah reaches for more. It's hard to fault her for wanting to assert herself in the game. She's a cop, after all, someone who's used to being in control. At first, her desire to maintain some control is admirable. When Tony approaches her with his deal and wants her to swear on her back, right then and there she demurs asking for time to consider the offer it's only when she goes back to her party tribe mates Cass and jeremiah to get a read on whom they want to vote out when sarah's unstoppable force meets Cass as a movable object and everything goes to hell so i i i thought that was kind of a, a good synopsis of uh, you know, where where Sarah went wrong here and that mm-hmm. it was really the the reaching for more that, that kind of did her in. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard. You never know, though. You never know, is this your chance to make, to build that resume? Because that really, I feel like, what, we're on season 28 now? Yeah. People know the resume is a thing. It's got to be very, very hard. Got to find a balance. What a good app. What a good app. Oh, my. I was nervous i got goosebumps at one point i think like i really did not remember what was going to happen yeah it was it's a really good one do you have any other stray or final thoughts i think when they said jeffra is when i was like holy shit holy shit and uh, guys i uh, this is a few episodes ago i edited something out where i am pretty sure the order no no it was remember how i'm I'm very certain that jeffra says something at tribal council that is like super dumb about ice cream if anyone can remember this fucking ice cream tribal quote at some point in the game of survivor in one of the seasons and i am pretty sure it's jeffra i cannot google this for the life of me because okay the, the thing that i'm remembering is a girl at tribal council who, when somebody says, what could be better back at camp? And obviously this is where somebody would talk about strategy. This person says, I wish we had ice cream. And I think it's Jeffra, but I'm not sure. I really don't know. And the thing that's frustrating is I try to Google survivor, ice cream, tribal council, but it just goes back to like, there's a couple survivor players. Neil, who have, like, Neil from the other Brains Braun BP, yeah. Eric Reichenbach. Yeah, people who have, like, ice cream jobs. Oh, it's so frustrating. Anyway, if anyone remembers that moment, please let me know. Put me out of my misery. I'm suffering. But why did I bring this up? I don't know. I keep waiting for that. I think because I was, like, I was really shocked when they said Jeffra is where it came from. That's when I really, you know, after Tony and LJ clearly were not the other one and it was Jeffra, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, and then I had mentioned, because you had said in this one episode, during that challenge where they're dragging people off the pole, you said it was the order that they went home. And so I think I knew it was Sarah's time, but I still felt, I was still on the edge of my seat, even though I, like, mm-hmm. in my in my heart knew. And I, I, I remember Cass being Chaos Cass, too, but... Mm-hmm. Do you want to do some scuttlebutt and then we'll talk about The Bachelor? Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything huge. Last week we talked about how I think it was Michaela and Tommy might be going on the challenge. There's now reports that Michelle and Wendell are also going to be on the challenge. 
I'm just interested to see what will actually happen. But I, God, that'd be amazing. That'd be wonderful. Is this confirmed or like, are we going to see a Michelle and Wendell reunion? My God, your mouth to God's ears. Today is Rob and Amber's 16th anniversary. Oh, congrats. Time sure flies. Uh, Congrats to them. Uh, Yule was recently on a podcast called People I Mostly Admire. It's like a spinoff of the Freakonomics podcast. I I would like to listen to that because I feel like that would, he's a very smart guy. See, Yule is somebody, unlike Cass and Spencer, who is very, very smart without coming across as very pretentious. Yeah, I see what you mean. Perfect example. Like some people still might be threatened by that, but he doesn't make you feel bad. He's he's a real Devin. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, uh, The Bachelor, how shall we explain it? So uh, if you're a Survivor fan, I, we always like to be like, don't, don't tune out. Uh, it's, again, it's a little less, it's, it's a little gossipy, but we, we try to make it less about the gossip and more about, you know, just a, the, the importance that reality TV plays into our world in general. And I also, okay, literally something was on TV about this and I was like, oh, dad, did you hear blah, blah, blah? Like, and he was like, oh, yeah. Colton and I was like dad how the fuck do you know this like so I feel like this was like kind of out there in in the media which is kind of like why is it that big of a deal but yeah so uh I can give it a stab and then you might because I didn't watch Colton's season but he was uh very highly publicized and promoted as the virgin bachelor and maybe what would you say like a few seasons ago three four years two years two three years It it was his season aired in january of 2019 so they 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 promoted him they billed him as the virgin bachelor and he very much played into it too he wrote a memoir afterwards called my first time Uh and he you know he was notorious for jumping a fence during the season and he ended up with this girl cassie they weren't engaged they were just dating and then earlier was it earlier 2020 I would when say it's also, along with him being a virgin, I guess also too, I think something that, some things that were notable about him is he, he was an NFL football player. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not like he's like starting in games or anything or like playing in games, but like he, he is a football player and also super religious. He, he is religious. However, he did say, I believe that his virginity, if that was not because of religion. Okay. Okay. So he he does this. Him and his girlfriend Cassie break up, and then it was like last summer, last spring, yeah. Summer. There's all, and then just like there's a lot of weird stuff happening. Then after they break up, you know they they do one of those Instagram posts that's like we're gonna get along, we're gonna be friends. Uh, and then one thing that I remember that happens before any of the drama is, oh my god, remember those stupid fucking uh. Bachelor greatest seasons yeah. of all times. They they showed Colton's as one of them. And then they had him on to talk about the breakup. And I remember Cassie being like, I thought we agreed we weren't going to talk about this. Yeah. Like, publicly. Rightfully upset. Yeah. Well, because he had the, I mean, the timeline for this is like what this probably filmed like fall 2018. So like, Something to note about the season because you didn't watch it is Cassie was in the final three and her dad, you know, the family comes out to visit and 
her dad was like really just like oh cassie like i don't see this for you and i i feel like maybe she's kind of religious i think she's religious as well um which i i i since i'm not a religious person and don't haven't like grown up in that kind of background like i guess i think i kind of see people i sometimes i see christians that are that are very like in involved in the church and in their religion i see them getting married young and like a, a short engagement sometimes i i that i i don't know if that's just you know what, what a, not, not like a stereotype i don't know just something i th- i don't know i thought the dad would be on board if cassie really but i think maybe he sensed he sensed some you know hesitancy from her but the dad was not on board so cassie ends up leaving she's in the final three she ends up leaving and that's when colton notoriously jumps the fence in portugal so he actually ends up just letting the other two girls go. He doesn't go through with the whole, you know, proposal with any of them. And he he goes after Cassie. And I remember thinking when they were on the finale together as a couple, not engaged, you know, which is, you know, typically the outcome. I remember being like, I wonder how real this is because it's like. people watch this show for entertainment not you know remembering sometimes that these are people's real lives like cassie left she did not want to be with him he jumped a fence they they teased it for months like before his season every week it would be like find out why colton jumps the fence and it's like oh it was not even that big of a deal he just jumped a fence because he was upset and like chris harrison chased him like whatever um but I remember just kind of feeling like, I wonder if this is just for show. Like, if I was Cassie, I would feel so uncomfortable that this guy, you know, I tried to do things the right way. I was not ready. I was not necessarily feeling it. I bowed out. And instead, he let the other girls go and came after me. And now I'm, you know, public opinion, people are going to fault me. People are, for, mm-hmm. you know, forgetting she's an actual person. So I always kind of felt weird about it. I was never... I don't know. It always felt kind of wrong to me. And not wrong. I don't know. I was always skeptical of it. Yeah. But they ended up still together, though, all through 2019 and then into what, maybe May 2020. Mm-hmm. So then, then they break up. At first, it seems amical. But then at some point, Cassie files a police report and gets a restraining order against him saying that he's been stalking her. He has been harassing her. He's been sending her, you know, text messages. And then I think the final straw was that she found a tracking device on her car. And yeah, the thing with the the stalking is she would see like she he was spotted like outside of her apartment, like three in the morning, like or like walking by her apartment like multiple times after they broke up. The threats were not him threatening her as himself. It was from a fake number threatening her and maybe threatening some other people and then also his own phone number, I think. And it was all him. So it was kind of like, I think, a way for him to be like, hey, Cassie, like, I'm getting these weird messages. And then she's like, oh, my God, me too. Like, for him to get back in. I don't know. Like, I think that was what the threatening was. And then, yeah, the fucking tracking device on her car. And, like, I think she was maybe, like, seeing someone or hanging out with someone. And, I, you know, not too long after the breakup, which she's totally entitled to do. Yeah, that, that was that. And he kind of just wiped his instagram and went off the grid really they end up settling it privately and she drops the restraining order yeah um 
So this so, is all like last summer, maybe into the fall. And then we don't really hear much about it anymore. Um, I I will say, I feel like I've heard rumors, like, I don't know if it was Dumois or somewhere else, but I, I had heard rumors around that Colton is gay. Um, so, uh, but you, you never know. Like, I think I, I don't like to read into rumors, especially when it involves somebody's you know, sexuality. It's just, yeah, I have, it's not my business. I have something to say, something to read about that when when we get there. Well, so the reason we're talking about this is is earlier this week, Colton went on good morning America and he came out and um, good for him. Uh, But there's also, well, I don't know. Like I, I don't, I'm not like, oh, I want to talk about Colton being gay. Cause it's like, truly good, good for him. That's yeah. I don't think it needs to be a big deal, but I think the thing that I'm feeling weird about is the the, the Cassie part of it because it was very much glossed over. He did apologize during the interview. Like, I think it could be summed up when he said, you know, I am sorry that I couldn't heal myself without breaking somebody else. Yeah. And well, the thing about it, too, is, OK, I didn't even know about this interview and it was it was airing Wednesday morning on Good Morning America. And I saw something on Instagram like, oh, Colton is going to be on Good Morning America. And I was like, that's really weird because what is the context of this? And it's like no one knows. So I'm digging and digging online trying to be like, what is this interview about? And I see, you know, some people who are journalists, like maybe a vulture I th- or no variety, variety, I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I maybe maybe it was Vulture. I don't know. I was all over all over the interwebs looking looking up what this interview is about. And I see multiple people, some journalists being like, "Oh, I have heard that this is a must see." And there's speculation. There's people like he's gay or like it's this or that. And then I text you and Brian, and I think Courtney, you know, sorry Courtney was in the group chat too, even though she doesn't watch. But I feel like she'll participate too if it's like a pop culture thing at least show some interest. But just like what's it going to be and like. Colton did make some kind of comment like I don't think him being a virgin like because someone is chooses to be a virgin into their 20s or 30s or however long like does not you know mean anything about their sexuality their their orientation Mm -hmm. if you will um so but so I feel like he he had made a comment before yeah in his book yeah and that was that that said something like oh you know like I questioned if if I if I was gay, I I don't want to paraphrase, but some something like that, and then you know, oh, realized that no, no, that wasn't it, and like, and he he did have this relationship with Cassie, but yeah, so he goes on Good Morning America, and then he he does announce that he's gay, which good for him. Um, I sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say um, this quote that I have um, from Brett Vergara. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's said this pretty well, I think, because like I guess I'll read it after. We can kind of talk out our thoughts first. No, well, well, because we're going to be echoing what he says. Maybe okay, okay. So so for me, like I don't know if you know, like I was pretty disengaged from the group text about it, and I think I was like, yeah, good for him. And then we started talking. I think you probably brought up the Cassie part, and I was like, oh well, we don't know the full story though. And I regret saying that because I, I I had an hour long drive to get my hair done this morning and I was thinking about it and I don't know if I was just like in shock or I don't know, but it, first of all, that we don't, 
we know enough to know that he put a tracking device on her car. Mm -hmm. And I think that tells us all we need to know about the level of harassment and stalking and emotional abuse that was at play here. Do we know every single detail? No. But that's all I need to know to know that her level of safety felt so threatened she went to the police. And the reason that this like hits closer home for me and you know like I never want to get too personal but whatever um I I hate when someone's really problematic toxic behavior to a woman to a person is excused more or less because they went through they they had a they had this big thing you know like oh he 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 did this like presumably the subtext here in this interview is I treated Cassie so poorly and I'm sorry, there's a level you treating somebody poorly is an insult to what he did to her. I think Yeah. there's treating somebody poorly. Yeah. Ghosting them, not calling them back, cheating on them. It crosses a line when you're putting a fucking tracking device on their car. Yeah. That is straight up harassment. So like stalking, like, so all the media is like just lauding him right now. And I, I just think like, it, it it's not just because you were going through something very hard. Yes. I cannot imagine going through 30 years of feeling shame and self-hate and, and having to work through that, but that doesn't excuse what you do to somebody else at all. And it's like, okay, but you know what? A lot of people go through things and not everyone resorts to that kind of like harassment behavior. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. Some people go through things and they're flaky. They don't talk to their friends for a year. Maybe they're shitty at their job. But maybe they a, la- maybe they lash out and say some say some hurtful things. To put a tracking device on someone's car, I just I can't I can't imagine. And then for Cassie, so also worth noting that since the interview came out, she said that she didn't know who was doing the interview. I it, it didn't say that she didn't know he was gay, but she didn't know that he was going to be coming out in the interview, at least. Okay. Um, so, it, so like, oh my God. And like, you know, I will, it's like, it's a catch 22 because part of me is like relieved and happy that like we are at the level in a society now where like all the headlines for him are so positive. They're just like, good for this guy. Like, yay, Colton. I want to be able to celebrate the fact that as a society, we're taking steps towards acceptance where people in the public eye can come out as gay and it's accepted. But at the same time, I don't want to gloss over a woman being harassed to the extent that she needed a restraining order. And I just, I can't imagine her seeing all these headlines being like, what a guy. And like her just being like, okay. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I also saw I saw a tweet and I I definitely took a screenshot of it so I'm going to try to find it. Um um well I mean basically my my point is I guess while we're um while I'm looking for this is just you know I I am happy for Colton like I'm I'm very proud of him you know for having the it's sad you have to have Courage, you know, anyone should accept you as you are, but you know, I'm I'm proud of him for having the courage to to do that. At the same time, though, I mean, he also does have 
a Netflix show that's that is going to be coming out that I think pertains to the you know this subject yeah. matter. So it is kind of self promotion. I mean, okay, his show also might help a lot of people. However, I feel like I'm just wondering. I'm kind of questioning Good Morning America. Why are you giving him this platform? Like because it kind of makes it seem like you are saying, oh yeah, like this thing happened, but it's okay. Well, you know, to put my tinfoil hat on for a second, Good Morning America, you know, is on the same network as The Bachelor. Oh yeah, no. They're they're both on ABC. So like, it doesn't, you know, we've seen clearly this past season, uh, The Bachelor likes to protect (laughs) people that they maybe necessarily should not be protecting and and glossing over the issues. Like the fact that they had Colton on to talk about, you know, the greatest season of all times at acknowledging, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I I wish that it had been more nuanced and more caveated with like, Oh, but like you did this very damaging thing to this person. Like, they can't really do that though. They can't acknowledge real they can't really acknowledge that and then bring him on. Because yeah. it, it will show that's what they're doing. So instead they're not really doing anything. And they're just they're giving him the chance to spin the you know. And I'm not saying he's being deceitful because, you know, they're but they're giving him a chance. He they're giving him this public platform to be like, I was hurting and I wish I hadn't hurt someone else. And the thing is like it worked because until literally I processed my thoughts on it this afternoon, I like I said in the the text message to you, I was like, well, we don't know the full extent of what happened with Cassie. You know what I mean? Like it worked on me. Like I was I was changing my tune. So it's it it was just like a a really interesting moment in in time for pop culture, for reality TV. Um, Do you? I'm really upset that I cannot find this um this quote at all. I I took it just blows my mind because I explicitly remember being like, "Oh, I want to talk about this" and and taking a screenshot of it. So, can you paraphrase? I mean, basically it's it's just that these two things can be true at the same time. You know, we can accept right. we can accept Colton, but then also like this is the reality. But it was just said so much better than that. Um, so if I ever do find it, I, I will share it. But then the Brett Vergara um, tweets, um, he has a Bachelor podcast. And I I feel like he, you know, comments on some other reality TV things. Um, not sure. I would, I, lo- I would love his take on Survivor. But um, he has this uh, string of tweets here that he put on Instagram that I saw. So I'm going to read them. He said, first, I'm glad to see Colton more at peace and happy. He can live more as his true authentic self. I'll always be in support of that. That doesn't excuse the abusive, manipulative, and literally illegal stalking behavior he displayed in his past relationship. The phrase hurt people, hurt people comes to mind. And while context sheds light on the situation, it does not excuse change or even minimize that hurt and pain caused by those actions. I'm hoping Cassie feels supported by those close to her today. In light of this news, I see a lot of comments like we knew or this isn't even news speculating on someone's sexuality, no matter how obvious in quotes it may seem has always rubbed me the wrong way. And I've seen those comments from people I'd never expect to see them from, whether it's a celebrity or people in a friend group talking about one of their mutuals, 
When someone shares their sexuality as it stands today, I tend to believe them. If that changes down the line, I'll believe and support them again. I don't gain anything from beating them to it. Colton may not see your comments, but your friends in the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. community who may have struggled with their sexual identity or your friends who've yet to come out will. I never want to contribute to someone fearing being found out or forced out and speculation may do that. That's so perfect. Yeah, I love that so much. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's an important point, too. And I will say, like, not in a a way, I just, when when they said he had an announcement, I was like, that wasn't where my mind first went, really. I I really thought it was maybe something, like, in regards to the the Cassie situation, which I was like, wow, like. Because they—that's the thing about the interview. It was just Colton is going on Good Morning America. There was no context, and it's like, oh, it's going to be a bombshell. And then I was kind of just like, what kind of bombshell could it be? Like maybe, but it—it it wasn't really about. Oh, he's just—he's dis- made me think this in the past, but still, it's kind of, you know, I feel like if any general person is like, I'm announcing a bombshell, you might your mind might be like, they're gay. They are like you know they have an addiction or something they they you know they you might kind of think these things he also raised he did have covid too so like i think there was speculation that was going to be like something about covid yeah so there's different things you can speculate about but like i went i saw in the comment section i saw on reddit people were like oh yeah he's gay he's this he's that and i did it did give me the ick i was just kind of like uh like i mean well like first off what if he is but also like what if he's not you know i it just it felt wrong and like i feel like brett just articulates it so much better than i could say um but yeah so you know don't don't do that don't don't speculate absolutely it's i think i think uh the two things can be true uh not only reminds me of a taylor swift song but it's also just I, I love it so much. It's so accurate. I think it's, yeah, you can be very happy for Colton. And I, to me, it's like, I'm happy for us as a society that like he's being embraced rather than f- further shamed. But I also, it, it just, it just sucks. It's just, you know, I feel, I do feel bad for Cassie. Something else too that uh, I, I need to find a good way because I clearly don't screenshot things effectively. You can favorite them. I know, but then I feel like I favorite so much stuff that I that I lose it. Someone else said something because I know I find myself. How many screenshots do you take in a week? A lot, a lot. What is the number of screenshots you have on your phone? Mine is four thousand four hundred and sixty-two. Um, let's see. Let's find out. Sorry to derail you too. It sounded like you had a good comment to make. Screenshots. 5,947. Okay. So. I take, I don't know. I don't know why I take, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to forget this. And sometimes I'll save it in Instagram too, but then I lose it. Uh, I'm going to quickly look in my, in my little Instagram save to see if I can find something um, that I'm looking for. But someone said too, because, okay. I find myself very frequently the Instagram comment section, although bad is not as bad as the Facebook comment section on anything because typically I will say Facebook has an older um, user base. So 
some people that maybe are not with with the current times find themselves on Facebook and not Instagram. So a lot of times I'll just see because, you know, your phone is stalking. Stalking is a very poor word to use in this. Time. Yeah. Um, I did not mean that. So because your phone is tracking what you do and, you know, feeding you things you might be interested in, I get a lot of, you know, targeted articles that come up on my Facebook of things I don't follow. A lot of them will be bachelor related and any kind of thing, whether it's about Rachel Lindsay or Chris Harrison being fucking racist and wrong. There's so many, not even just middle-aged, but a lot of middle-aged white ladies. So some, some my age, some younger, but a lot of middle-aged white ladies just saying really fucked up shit in the comment section. So my first thought too, when this happened, I was like, do you know how many fucking people are going to make this about them, about a spectacle, and turn this into something that Colton did intentionally to deceive people? And, oh, that's and, fucked. That wouldn't make, even cross my mind. Oh, the, You know what? It's just because I see it so often about anything. I think I'm just like, oh, wait, I can't wait until the racist, homophobic, you know, audience of The Bachelor, like a, a big chunk of it, goes to town with this and is like, he should have never been the bachelor. He shouldn't have done this. I, I that's where that's where my mind went, and that's fucked up. And it's never about like you know you know like when when it comes to speculating on someone's sexuality, you know you, I I feel like someone's sexuality could is is subject to change. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't realize things like right away. It doesn't, and it it it, it, it could change at any time. You know, I just. Yeah. I, I I just never want it to be about that. For sure. No, I, I, I sound like I'm talking to you or like our audience. I don't think our our listeners, you know, would, they would never. just more of a, a general thing. You know, Colton is free to do whatever he would like. Mm-hmm. And no one he was not deceiving anyone by being the bachelor. And like one thing I just I said when. I think some someone said to me, oh, like, I'm kind of surprised. I was like, honestly, I don't find it that surprising. And not in a way that it's like, oh, like, clearly, yeah, I knew it. Why else would he? It was more like, okay, somebody that grew up, you know, very religious. I'm sorry, not not always very tolerant of LGBTQ. Um, a football player. Hey, like toxic toxic masculinity out there like i feel like where are the openly gay nfl players like okay i'm sorry how many players are there and have there ever been in the nfl how many gay ones are coming to mind there's 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 like a one yeah so oh really you're telling me that none of these none of these people are gay when you know what percent of the population is i'm sorry so it's just not an environment where people are comfortable doing that so i was kind of just like okay like something that I kind of thought and I was like okay like oh Christian you know NFL player goes on national TV to date 30 women to prove and even if he didn't know in his heart just to you know prove and also maybe convince himself like how not gay he is he said in the interview and this is like the this is so heartbreaking he was like when I got The Bachelor, I I thanked God for making me straight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I'm, I'm glad we talked that through because I I felt not that I it's not like I was like saying anything on Instagram, but I, I felt bad for like being so flippant about it. I guess 
because uh, it, it is like a loaded issue. Yeah, I mean, I don't know my mind. Yeah, first when I was like, I was like, oh wow, like we're not going to talk about this, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, let's just leave it with like you know that was wrong. It does not excuse what he did, but you know they are separate things, and we can be happy for him that he is yeah true to himself and is you know happier than he ever you know was shall we get into our final segment of the show it's called luxury items and guys if you're new to survivor this is something that was a staple of the show back in the day where the castaways could bring you know something like a book or a golf club what have you Uh, And it was called their luxury item. And we use this to talk about things outside of the show that we are enjoying this week. You told me that you have something. So, okay. Floor. I will say just because I feel like a lot of mine are, I haven't had excitement over one in a while. Like I'll say, oh, I'm really excited. Top Chef premieres. But, you know, Top Chef is something I watch every every season you know it's you not- do have uh Ginny and georgia yes oh yeah but like since Ginny and georgia i haven't had anything and before that i feel like i don't know i feel like it's like oh ashley what are you enjoying oh yeah i'm watching real housewives of beverly hills it's like 11 seasons long or something and i'm on season three now like oh yeah i watched gossip girl like i just things i've seen like nothing really exciting and i will say the fact that i'm so into this really threw me I was I'm not, so curious. I was not expecting it. It caught me off guard, and I am here to just promote the fuck out of this show. I already told my I told my parents I was like, I think you would like this. It's 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 very interesting. Okay, so friend of the show, cast member of uh, season twenty eight, Kagayan, um, has a friend, and and you know he works with him in some capacity. Uh, Bri- Bryce Isaiah been on the pod love him want to have him back um his friend jack is a contestant on season two of netflix netflix's the circle and i had seen previews for the circle when it came out last year and i was just like i don't know what this is i don't understand it you know how it plays a little preview sometimes on netflix or something and i i didn't get a feel for it and it was something about social media and like make kind of a competition and i was like i just don't know what this is i don't care and just because of Bryce's endorsement, I, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out. You know, if Bryce, if Bryce likes it, if if Jack is on it, I'm gonna give it a shot. So last night, it's like, oh, may, maybe eleven o'clock, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm about to go to bed. Let me just check it out, watch episode one. And at first, I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. By the end of episode one, I'm sitting upright in bed. With the light on, like I'm not going to bed. There's four episodes out. Like I, I need to watch it. I couldn't stop. Really? Yes. I. They need to do better advertising because I just had no interest in it. If if Bryce did not tell me to watch it, I wouldn't have. That's I. You know what? I bet I would like it too because I remember there was another. I really like um this this like uh, they have a podcast. They have a blog. It's called Young House Love. They have an Instagram account. They highly endorsed it. For me, I think what happened was the circle came out right around the same time as Love is Blind. And I got obviously super sucked into Love is Blind that I was, it was, I didn't want to watch the circle because that was like a big commitment. I know exactly what you mean. It was the same thing. Exactly. Now, if you don't know what the circle is about, which I did not, 
let me tell you. Okay, so we begin with eight people. They are they're in the circle. I, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, but I don't know. It, it's this building and there's like a giant ass lit up circle on it. And they're all in like little apartments. They're in there and they are isolated. They are trying to win $100,000 by being the most popular player of this game. But they can never, they're never going to meet each other. They're only interacting with each other on kind of like a faux social media. So like they're, they need to make a profile and they pick a picture and they, you know, do their age and they have to write a blurb about themselves, which is like, honestly, maybe I would try online dating, but writing a blurb about yourself is like terrifying. You know, I can't even write my, my review for work, like for my yearly review. I can't talk about myself. It gives me such anxiety being like, Hey, this is who I am. Like, I don't know, like more power to them, but they have to like, you know, try I to... would be honored to write your online dating profile. Actually. Thank you. But like, see, I feel like you would, I feel like you would do great at the circle. Like I, you know, may, Hey, what I, a compliment. I, I know you're having, I know you're having a baby, but maybe like once you get in the swing of things, maybe season four when they're casting, yeah. if you want to give it a try. So you need to make a profile. And the most interesting thing about it is you are in this apartment in the same building, but you're never going to see this person face to face. You can choose to be yourself or you can choose to be a catfish. So some of these people are like, Hey, like, I think I'm cool. Like, I think I can win these people over. I'm going to be myself. Some of them are like, oh yeah, I'm going to use this picture. Jack uses his friend Emily's picture. So Jack is like a 20 year old college student. I, I think in Chicago, like, so Emily, he uses his hot blonde friend, Emily's picture. So Jack is playing a like 21 year old girl. Then they actually, there was another Netflix show too hot to handle that came around like after love is blind too, that I didn't watch. And there's this mm -hmm. Chloe who's British that was on that. She's actually on it. So these people don't know if this is actually Chloe from too hot to handle or a catfish that is Chloe, like spoiler alert. It actually is her. So then there's this one guy who's 50 something years old and he's like uses his friend's picture and he's like a 24 year old. Guy. It's so it's so interesting. Some of these people are themselves. Some aren't. Oh, this one this one girl uses her husband's picture. So she knows she can be Trevor, her husband, because she knows him in and out. And like he helped her and like wrote a notebook and stuff. But so she has to think, oh, like, would my husband really get involved with this drama? He would just probably say this. He's not going to be too invested. Now, coming off of it, I currently I, I am obsessed with um, a player named Courtney. He's a guy. Um, love Courtney. I but it changes every episode, kind of who I'm rooting for because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, you, I'm hooked. You got you got me. It sounds interesting. And you got you have to like make alliances. And so the beauty of it is, what happens is they all interact for a while. They have a group chat. Then you can reach out to someone individually. You can then after make a smaller group chat, like you can invite, oh, I want to talk to this person and this person. And it's like their interactions. And there's times people are questioning, like, would a, would a guy say that? Or like, you know, in the case of, of Jack, oh, would a girl say that? Because he's being Emily. And so people are trying to figure these people out. Like, are they a catfish? Or are they not? But the whole point is it doesn't really matter if they're a catfish or not. It's about popularity. So then like at some point they all have to rank everyone from you know, one to seven and the rankings are all tallied and the top two people are the influencers. The two of them get to meet and block someone, which means they're voted out. So it's like a competition show. So you need to, it's kind of like Survivor, like on the jury, you need, you don't want to be a threat, but you also want these people to like you. And it's kind of But like, then the two, because they meet, they know 
they meet via messaging. It's just it's their decision. They go to this other place and they just message, and it's just the two of them need to make a, a, a combined, you know, unanimous decision to block someone, and that person gets voted out, and then they get to go and meet one of the people face to face. Not like it doesn't have any impact on the game. Oh my but. gosh, should we should we have a Jack come on the show to talk about his circle? <laughs> I would love to if he if he if he was up for it. We we oh could ask. God. But it's no, it's it's I I just did not expect to be so into it. And then oh, and then at the end when someone gets blocked, then they all get like a video message, and then they see if it's like truly them or like a cat. It's it's I I was riveted. I was up until three a.m. watching it, and I'm not even gonna lie. But they're drop. It unfortunately. Do, have you seen me have such passion about something in so long? No, I'm just like, no, I I'm, haven't. I'm moving my hands. I'm like, I, I'm so into it. But unfortunately, it's just like Love is Blind was. It's not like a Ginny in Georgia where they're like, hey, here's 10 episodes of this show for you to binge. It's like, here, you get four. And then in a week, we'll give you four more. So like, I think some more episodes drop this Wednesday and I'm just marking it on my calendar and I can't wait. That's awesome. I'm excited yeah. for it. I don't have anything huge this week. Uh, on a personal note, this is like the first week that like I felt truly uncomfortable in my pregnancy. And like, I don't know if you can see, but like right now the baby is kicking me like right here oh. in my ribs. And it's just like, it hurts. Uh, okay. The two things that I wanted to mention, one, we talked last week about how excited we were for uh the Be There in Five with Kate Kennedy podcast episode on Rachel Hollis. And it was so funny because it dropped as soon as we got off the podcast. And it's it was everything I wanted it to be. It's really good. She just put out part two today. And it's just incredible. I would highly recommend everybody listen if you have not already. It's very, very good. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I did not finish listening, but I did actually listen to a solid chunk of it. And I was just floored by some of the stuff, like people, like reading people's experiences or like actual clips of people talking to other people after being influenced. Like, basically it's kind of just like, if you're not successful, it's your own fault and you need to, I don't know if you cared enough, you would basically bankrupt, bankrupt yourself to go to this conference to learn how to do this and it's that that one i mean i don't know if it's like a it's not like a spoiler but like literally something rachel hollis says is like you know i convinced all of you to be here like imagine what a chump you would feel like if you paid thousands of dollars to go to this conference to like learn how to grow your business or i, I don't even know what her point is what is her her purpose is it about your life is it about a business i don't even know what rachel hollis is pan who she's pandering to what she's peddling it's crazy. So in this, the second episode she does, she's, she basically is tracing back like Rachel Hollis borrowed a lot of stuff from Tony Robbins, who borrowed a lot of stuff from this guy who borrowed a lot of stuff from Scientology, who borrowed a lot of stuff from like, like the psychology of like manipulating people. And it's just like, it's really crazy. If you, if God, I, I think everybody should listen to it. It's like just fascinating to me. Yeah. The beat. Be There in Five podcast yes. by Kate Kennedy. Uh, another podcast I enjoyed this week. And like, I feel like this has been a little bit of a heavy ending to the episode. So, uh, you know, one of our fave podcasts, Escaping Reality, they've been watching every season of Survivor and they got to season 39, which as we know, super problematic season, Island of the Idols, um, a lot like some terrible shit went down here. 
And what they did was they did a part one where like it was just talking about the season. And then they did a part two where they did, you know, they call it a real discussion of the issues raised and lived in season 39. And I listened to that because that, you know, we love to talk about the issues. And uh, I, I just thought it was so well done. I really wanted to like give them kudos for like having that discussion just about, you know, the Kelly and Dan, the conversation between Jack and Jamal, like there's a couple of other things, but you know, a lot of it is spent on Kelly and Dan, like, and I just thought it was very well done. I'm going to have to check that out. I just see, unfortunately, I just find that I have trouble listening to podcasts when I'm home, but I really, because you know what, when you're, when you're listening to a podcast, you can't play on your phone. And I've yeah. come to realize I'm addicted to my phone. That like when I'm watching my show, I'll be, I will say I didn't pick up my phone at all when I was watching The Circle. If that, Damn. If, if I, I, I mean, I might well, It was also 11 o'clock, so like. No, no, I'll be scrolling, scrolling, scrolling all night until I go to sleep. It's terrible. But I will say I was, I was really laser focused into The Circle. I was invested. I needed to know what was going to happen. Um, But. I find that I, I don't drive anymore really at all. Like I, I, I don't think like all week I, I did go get bagels on Thursday as we, as we discussed, but that's, yeah. that's a short drive. So I, but I, I do want to try to listen to more podcasts at home because I feel like you recommend so many. There's so many. I always want to check out my, my favorite, my, my favorite player from the circle. Courtney has a podcast. I'm like, Oh crap. I need to add that one to my <laughs> list too. I mean, no, no, I'm very much the same way. Like, I'll listen to an episode of something here and there. And, like, obviously, Be There in Five, the Rachel Hollis stuff, I was super stoked about. I I, I did one long drive today. But otherwise, like, I'll, I'll listen to them a lot, like, if I'm cooking or cleaning or yeah. something. But, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not just going to, like, sit down and listen. Yeah. No, I should do that. We, yeah, when I'm, like, do, like folding laundry or doing something, instead of, like, having the TV on and, like, where I'm half paying attention, yeah. you can easily listen to something and, you know, give that your full attention while you're doing a task. So I really need to do that. So, yeah, I actually, I might go listen to that when we wrap up. Enjoy. Enjoy you, yourself. You've uh, motivated me. And I, I, right. I will say it's funny because they have, you know, their rankings yeah. they're doing. And on their... um on their story it was like oh like guess you know this person's number one winner and if i was like oh this is too hard and i i think i was like uh i was like i feel like stacy's is sandra but i don't know if it's a season seven or season like i didn't know like i ha but i had that inkling and then but it was anna and i was like cochran yeah 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 that's that's the only one i was i was felt in my heart that i knew that I was confident about, right? And then they, right. they they do they want everyone to rank their favorite winners, and I just feel like at this point in time, I I'm like I need all the facts. I need to go back and and watch. So in in, in a even year, if I watched one through forty in forty, I it would be so hard for me to do. Yeah, so I'll could, get I'll get back to you guys in about a year after I've watched all forty seasons yeah. again and with my with my rankings. Well, I need to get going because I need to like stretch out the baby, if that makes sense. I need to like yeah. stand up so that it can fall down. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Uh, we will be back next week to continue with our Kagaya recap. Bye, guys. Have a great week.